All right, well, hopefully everyone's able to get a candle, and uh, hopefully we won't burn the place down uh, today. Well, on behalf of the leadership here at Reality, welcome. My name is Paul. I'm one of the elders and pastor here at the church. What a gift uh, to have you here tonight. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for giving up a few moments on your Saturday evening to come. I'm sure all of us have a lot going on the next 24 hours or so. Uh, Family to see, presents to open, food to eat, too much dessert to eat. And for some of you, uh, it may be hard for you to sit still because the anticipation of what's to come in the next day or so. Uh, So we're glad that you're here. Uh, But lest we miss really the reason for it all, I just want to spend a few moments tonight with one last, one last Advent candle in our Advent wreath and one, one last Advent reflection. So the scene of the manger has been passed on in scripture and in songs uh, for many, many years. Right? Baby Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and then depending on the timeline of the story, uh, accommodating innkeeper, curious shepherds, wise men coming, bringing gifts, not to mention the star and the angelic hosts and the census of Caesar Augustus. Uh, It's fitting, though, for us to have our very first gathering in this building on Christmas Eve when you'll get used to this. Look up here at the stained glass over our head. There's three scenes all having to do with the Christmas story. Can you see, I know the, the, the light is fading as night comes, but can you see these three scenes? Anyone know what the top one is? What do you, th- Andrew? Okay, well, that's the bottom one. So you nailed that one. Thumbs up for that. The very top one is Jesus being dedicated at the temple. The middle one, again, it's hard to see is the, the light from behind. We have some lights we're going to shine up there more to see it more. Uh, but the, the center one uh, are the wise men bringing their gifts. So as we gather under the pictures that remind us of the story, and again, many thanks to all the kiddos that were in the nativity play last week that reminded us of the scene. It was awesome. It was tremendous. But thanks to Matthew and Luke, the gospel writers, this Christmas story has been kept alive and passed down through the generations. And, and many of you, if not all of you, probably have a decent understanding of what happened that day, the specifics of the scene. But in my opinion, what gets challenging in Advent, what gets challenging on Christmas Eve is the question, do you know why that matters? It's one thing to know, yeah, Mary and Joseph and animals and baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloths and star and angel. Like, it's one thing to get the facts straight, but do you know why it matters? Why does it matter for us? Why does it matter to your life? Do you know how the message of Christmas intersects with your day-to-day? This Advent season, if you've been a part of our church the last month, we have been talking about the holy longing We've talked about the idea that the human heart and the human story is filled with desire. 
And as a human being, you desire things. You have an ache that is not so easily satisfied. So over this past month, I think I have it up on the screen, we've talked about our desire, our yearning for assurance, our yearning for justice in this world, for shalom, for things to be as they ought to be, because things aren't as they ought to be now. Last week, we talked about our longing and desire for love that every human heart longs for and desires love. And so we've been talking about these longings, talking about these desires. We've been using the prophet Isaiah to guide us through. And tonight we're gonna stay in in the prophet Isaiah again. I wanna cover one last longing one last ache of the human heart. It's something that people have been thinking about, talking about, singing about, writing about for a very long time. Deep in the human soul is an ache for freedom. We wanna be free. Right, so the singers have these songs from Tom Petty's Free Fallen to Queen's I Wanna Break Free, Leonard Skinner's Free Bird to Bob Dylan's Chimes of Freedom. Pharrell Williams, Lecrae, Chance the Rapper, Beyonce, they all have a freedom song. Sojourner Truth led the escaped slaves on the Underground Railroad called the Freedom Trail. In the movie Braveheart, William Wallace, his famous speech, I I won't do the the accent, the whole thing. (laughs) Fight and you may die, run and you'll live at least a while and dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives but they'll never take our... Yes, I knew someone would do it. Freedom! Langston Hughes, the African-American poet says, I do not need my freedom when I'm dead. I cannot live on tomorrow's bread. Freedom is a strong seed planted in a great need. I live here too. I want my freedom just as you. The hymn that we just sang, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. I don't know if you paid attention to what we were singing. Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us let us find our rest in thee it's like so much of the human struggle personally individually collectively is this desire to be free where how when can we be free so listen to the words of the prophet isaiah this is isaiah 42 if you guys want to come on up there's some seats up here or you can grab a seat over here Okay, you're welcome to come. Here's Isaiah chapter 42, verse one. It says, behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom I sold delights. I've put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. 
Oh, that is the last one. I'm pausing there in verse five. That's my, my fault. So we've been in early Isaiah for most of the Advent season. Last week when we jumped to Isaiah 40, now we're in Isaiah 42. When you get later and later in Isaiah, you find that Isaiah has these four servant songs, these four poems that describe Yahweh's servant, that describe the Messiah, that describe the promised one who is to come, and you have these servant passages. Again, do we have that next slide? Yeah, well, okay. Isaiah 42, Isaiah 49, Isaiah 50, Isaiah 52, each in their own way, paint the picture and talk about what this servant will be like. So we were kind of read here, Isaiah 42, verse one, and it opens up by introducing us to this servant figure. What is he like? Who will this chosen one be? Who is this servant of the Lord when he shows up on earth? Verse one, he'll bring justice to the nations. And again, we talked about that a few weeks ago, but our longing and desire to see justice on the earth. And we get frustrated when we see the failure of that in so many ways. This servant that Isaiah talks about, verse two, he will be unassuming and quiet. He's gonna show up on the scene, not with fanfare. Verse three, he will be gentle. And he won't, he's not gonna show up and just squash people. He's not gonna put out the wick of those who are faltering. And sometimes we feel like maybe God's gonna be like that and he's gonna come and just, and just put us out. Especially when we're, faltering, but the the servant of Yahweh is not like that. He's going to bring justice. He is going to be quiet and unassuming. He's going to be gentle and deal gently with the people. But then he goes on and talks more about some of the other features of the servant. Isaiah 42 is rich, painting the Messiah's character. Here's what I want to focus on tonight. Hop down to verse 6. Through Isaiah, we are promised that this servant will be a covenant for the people and a light to the nations. But this light isn't any ordinary light. It's a different kind of light. It's a brilliant light. It's a special light of freedom. This is Isaiah 42, verse 6. Since I am the Lord, I called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you, again, this is Yahweh speaking to his servant. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. This time of year, it's the darkest time of the year. There's no wonder why we have a fascination with light. Like the sun goes down at four o'clock. And so we love light. We love lights in here. We light up our homes. We light up the outside of our home. We light up our bushes. We light up everything. And then we sync them to music and have competitions about who can get the most best lights out there in the neighborhood. But we love light. We light candles. We crave light. There's a reason why we love light. Here in Isaiah 42, this servant, this Messiah figure that Isaiah talks about, we're told that he will play out his ministry in a very specific light-bringing, freedom-focused, light-bringing way. 
And there's two aspects here I want to highlight for us tonight. That as a light for the nations, this one, spoiler alert, it's Jesus. He is this servant. He is this one. But this is what he will do. As a light to the nations, he will bring freedom from the darkness of blindness. And he will bring freedom from the darkness of the dungeon. And this is not for somebody else tonight. This is for you tonight. That God promised his servant would come as a light in the darkness, as a light to the nations. And in the light that he brings, he came to bring light to, the, to blindness and to bring light to the dungeon. Let me talk about those two things. First of all, the freedom from the darkness of blindness. If you read through the New Testament, blindness is a massive theme. Especially in the Gospels, in the ministry of Jesus, you see that Jesus has this pattern of showing up and healing, especially those who are blind. But at times when you read the Gospel account, there's a blurred distinction between physical blindness, like your eyes can't see, and spiritual blindness too. So all throughout his ministry, Jesus loved to heal the blind. There's blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10. There's a blind man in Siloam, a blind person in Bethesda. Jesus confirmed his messianic calling of Luke 4 by saying that he came for the recovery of sight to the blind. There's a ton, as many as eight sight miracles in the New Testament where Jesus heals blind people. Simply put, here's what you need to know about God, is that God has a heart for those who are living in a world of darkness. And that is true if you can't see. And one day, because of this servant who came, he will put the world to rights and bring the ultimate healing, and there'll be sight again, freedom from the darkness, even of your eyes. But like I said a minute ago, when you listen and hear Jesus talk about blindness, it isn't always just people who can't see. It's not just about eyeballs and retinas. Listen to this conversation from John chapter 9. John 9, 39, Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt, but now that you say we see your guilt remains. And so there's this interplay in Jesus's ministry between light and darkness, seeing and blindness, physical limitation, and spiritual conditions. And Jesus says here, there are those who physically can see, but they actually can't see what's going on. They're blind. And those who are blind can actually be healed. And the difference between the two are those who recognize their actual need for healing and help. I've probably drilled in too far already into this. Let me take a step back. I want to remind you that God says that the Messiah has come to bring freedom from the darkness of blindness. God's desire is that you can see. I know there are some people in the room who physically can't see tonight. But most of us can physically see. The question is, is can you spiritually see? Or are you living in an internal darkness and an internal blindness? The Messiah has come to bring you freedom. The baby was born 
in the manger for your freedom that you may see, that you may not live your days in darkness and blindness, but that you may see yourself and others and God as it really is. God's desire is that you wouldn't be held captive by sin, by lies, or a distortion of the world. And you may be able to get your physical eyes altered, surgically altered, but there is only one person who can heal the blindness of your soul. The light has come to give you freedom. Just practically speaking, again, I can see but I have a real need for freedom from the darkness within me. I need freedom to be able to engage God and myself rightly. I need freedom from people pleasing. I need freedom from the darkness of avoiding conflict. I need freedom from the darkness of my own moral superiority where I feel like I'm better than other people. I need freedom from the darkness of anxiety and perfectionism. And the Messiah, the servant, has come to light up the darkness within us. But also, this picture in Isaiah, Isaiah 42, is there's also freedom from the darkness of the dungeon. Back to Isaiah 42, he talks about he came to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison who sit in darkness. And I know you may be thinking, like, this is the worst Christmas sermon ever. It's really dark, depressing. We're supposed to, you know, like, be happy and merry and full of cheer and, like, celebrating and let's get hyped up on candy. What is this? This is really a Debbie Downer. It's easy at Christmas, my friends, to get sentimental. It's easy to get sappy and nostalgic, to let the shopping and the songs and the festive cheer overwhelm the truth and the fact that there's a serious problem in our world and there's a serious problem in every human heart. And I know that this won't sell well for Hallmark, I'm just trying to help you see what Christmas is all about. Because the point of the baby, the point of the Messiah, is not just about a cute photo op. This baby Jesus is the Messiah, the light of the world, who has come to bring freedom from the dungeon, to set the prisoners free. And the harsh reality is that this world, all of its troubles and all of its woes, is a result of sin and slavery that it brings. And you and I know that too well. And we may not be physical slaves in the room tonight, right? We may not need the Emancipation Proclamation for us right now or Sojourner Truth's Freedom Trail. We may not need liberation like Jesus' day, the oppression of the Roman Empire and its occupying forces. But every human being needs rescue and freedom from this sin-stained world. And we've been locked up in the dark without a key, with no way out. And again, we love to sing and dance, and again, we can ho hopefully there is joy in the room tonight, but it's really easy to mask over the slavery that exists all around us. And some people are held in the prison of addiction. Others are held in the prison of appearances, people-pleasing, numbing out life with Netflix, food, drugs, alcohol, amusement, 
The prison of loneliness, isolation, the expectations of others. Others know what it looks like to face real evil in the forces among us, in systems in our world, in oppression, spiritual forces of evil. I think you get where I'm going. But when you cut past all of the games and the facade, there is a longing for the human heart to be free. And the good news of the gospel is that God loves the world enough that he sent his son, the servant, and he is the only one with the authority and the character to set people free. And he's come to rescue those in prison, those who are experiencing the darkness of the dungeon. And his goal is to rescue us from the dominion of darkness and transfer us into the dominion of light. That's why I believe every human loves the light. It's because we know there's something inside of us that we can't fix on our own. And we crave somehow for it to be dealt with. The light has come. That blindness may be healed, the darkness within dealt with, and the shackles that bind us set free. Jesus came, and he was born a baby, and he lived a life, and he died a, a death to set us free. So as we celebrate Christmas, may you understand the lengths that God went to that you may know freedom, the baby, the deliverer, the savior, the light to the nations, the one who will one day bring justice once for all. He is the one who brings peace and love to this worn out, weary world. Freedom is not found in political parties. Freedom is not found in presidential candidates. Freedom is not found in better parenting, moral improvement, or yet another New Year's resolution. The way to freedom is found in trusting in this baby who alone can do for you what you could never do for yourself. It's entrusting you to the one who has power and goodness. The darkness of blindness, the darkness of the dungeon is overcome by the light of his freedom. So this Christmas, my prayer for you is that you individually, you personally would know how much you are loved. Deeply loved by God so much that he's offered you his son. And that your ache for freedom would not be numbed out this year or just indulged with a variety of distractions. May that ache for freedom find that which you're longing for, which I would humbly submit is Jesus. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in him tonight. Let's pray. Ah, Lord Jesus, King Jesus, the servant, the light of the world who has come into this darkness, may your light shine in us Lord Jesus, may your light shine over us. May you expose where there's need tonight. And yes, Lord, we're excited for the food and the friends and family and the party and the presence. Lord, we long more than that, though, to be free, to know your love, to taste your grace, to experience a power greater than ourselves, to set us free. 
May that even begin tonight with an I believe, Lord Jesus. May you meet us in the darkness. May you lead us by your love. May you shine your light. May we be inescapable from your light and the hope that you bring. I pray this in the powerful, wonderful, beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.